Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Rethink Retail podcast. I'm your host, Gabriella Bach, and today I'm speaking with Stacy All. Stacy is the Vice President of Product Design at Wish.com and has more than 20 years of experience leading consumer-centered design and experience initiatives for companies like NEC, Yahoo, and Walmart e-commerce. Shortly after Stacy joined Wish, the company launched its first rebrand since its founding in 2010, introducing a new bold and playful aesthetic, new logo, and mission statement, which is Bargains Made Fun, Discovery Made Easy. We are super excited to host Stacy today and explore Wish.com and the role of discovery, retail, product design, and keeping up with trend cycles. Stacy, thanks so much for joining and welcome to the show. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It is super awesome to have you here today. I've been following Wish for a couple of years now. You guys have been kind of all over social media. So it's great to have you here and excited to learn more about what you're doing at Wish. And for our audience that might not be all that familiar with Wish.com, can you just tell us a little bit about the brand, how it got started, and then, you know, how it works as a discovery platform today? Yeah, I I think you you mentioned this. Wish brings an affordable and entertaining shopping experience to millions of consumers uh, around the world. and, And that mission is something we really embrace. Bargains made fun, discovery made easy. It is a mobile-first platform. 90% of our shopping happens uh, on, on mobile devices. It is discovery-based, which I think is an interesting framing. 70% of our sales don't necessarily involve a search, and so it's how we personalize and share things to you um, so that no two experiences are really the same. It really is about uh, serving you as a shopper. And it's meant to be also really entertaining. I, I, I personally uh, find shopping to be fun. And so having people come and spend, you know, on average, about 11 minutes a day shopping with us, that's what, that's what tells us that we've really created that engaging experience. And so I think that's a little bit about that. From a customer experience perspective, the new Wish has this Discovery First homepage that really focuses on deals and unusual and, and fun products. It allows customers to browse hot deals and show trending products based on both the region and the seasonality, because obviously shopping patterns change over time. There are some things that make shopping fun, like interactive games, login bonuses, rewards, and that infinite feed. And then we also have videos that help us really show off the products and make them shoppable and intriguing, customized collections as well. Yeah, fantastic. I also, you know, love shopping and enjoy that little uh, dopamine boost I get every time I shop. So we are definitely kindred spirits in that regard. Which is so much fun also for surprising finds. And I'm just like, personally, I found the other day a set of watercolors uh, and brushes that were really like at a great price point. And I have a trip coming up where I'm going to go paint. I bought like so many fun sets of stickers for my nieces. And so now I'm seeing more of those things. And I even found this great combo charger for my phone and watch and headphones. So it's really like discovery is, uh, is part of that, that enjoyment I wish. Very cool. Uh, surprising finds for everybody. Um, and, you know, I did want to ask you, as a former Walmart e-com director, can you touch upon a little bit then, and you probably kind of answered this with the interactive games and, um, and videos, but how is Wish.com, how do you 
how does it differentiate itself then from other marketplace players like the Amazons and the Walmart marketplaces? Well, I think it is a little bit about that discovery-based commerce. It is about those unique and unusual finds. And so, you know, we're not serving the grocery needs of people. We're solving for those unusual and being able to shop from, from merchants around the world. Um, and so that discovery focus, that personalization, that delight, and being able to find the most unusual things, that's, that's really what I think sets Wish apart is mm-hmm. um, being able to find and, and discover anything, but also afford everything mm-hmm. on our experience. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm sure you, you probably understand this better than anybody, but a huge component of you know, product discovery is that you have to first be able to really understand your customers on a deeper level to really develop the products that will suit their needs. So uh, can you share with me then just a, a little bit about how, you know, what are the steps that your team takes to really understand who your customers are, what they want, and then how do you leverage that information? So when I think about like what what we need to do to understand customers and and really any sort of retail journey, I think we think about like steps in the process, step stages in the in the shopping journey and the customer journey. And so there's awareness, there's evaluation, there's selection, purchase, and then we see retention, ideally an advocacy for the brand. And so what my team does, um, the top and bottle, bottom of the funnels are really where marketing often plays. And so my team really focuses on that middle, uh, that really important piece. Once you've brought people in, how do you find and evaluate products? How do you feel confident that this is the product for you? And how do we make it easy for you to buy? And so I really try to think about how we move people through these stages seamlessly. Um, really understanding browsing behavior is an important piece of the puzzle, helping them be able to shape any kind of shopping intention that they might bring, whether that is I'm bored and show me something amazing, or I know I have a particular goal I'm trying to accomplish, facilitating that as well. And so giving them a reason also to choose us among the forest of choices that are out there, so many places to shop, giving them a head start because we're matching what they're trying to accomplish, showing them. Uh, that we understand what they're shopping for and shaping that goal um, mm-hmm. and and speaking to their needs also through uh, pairing that with it really engaging offers and then preempting any factors that impact a purchasing decision from making sure they're really clear about what that product is, how they can feel confident that they understand what it is, how people feel about it, seeing reviews, helping them make those decisions, giving them the right kinds of recommendations because shopping is such a wander sometimes Mm -hmm. if you're not very clear i'm just repurchasing this or i'm only getting this thing but really understanding how to compare products giving them recommendations of what to look at next and helping them know what they're going to get when they buy and then you know really just thinking about building an experience that is enjoyable that is frictionless and that inspires you to come back again because you know you can find something interesting and amazing Keeping people on top of trends is one thing to do in shopping, the right kinds of incentives, as well as thinking about other types of social proof that are important. When you're shopping, you want to know that somebody else liked this product or got the most out of this product. And so using social shopping signals are also really something that my team thinks about as part of helping people decide. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, from what you said, it it really sounds like today's 
best products really optimize for engagement, activation, loyalty. And it sounds like these are all elements that are core, core values to your design team at Wish. So I love to hear that. And, you know, I, I did want to ask. So I have seen tons of, of creators online, you know, reviewing products or creating kind of highlighting some of the unique um, sometimes bizarre products that, that you can find <laughs> on wish.com. And I, I wanted to ask, you know, if you could share your thoughts on that, like, are, are some of these kind of strange products intentionally put on wish because it will drive traffic to the site or, you know, have, has the team determined that, that some of these items are like essential for somebody out there? Well, I think when you, when you talk to customers about and, and ask them, uh, what they think about Wish, they know that that this is a place to come and find unique, um, unusual things that you didn't even know existed. And so I think that people expect us to be able to share those unique things. I don't, um, and I think when you look at creators and think about the power that they have, that's one of those really interesting e-commerce trends is that when when you have catalogs that are millions and millions of products, you also need to have a way to to focus uh, the browse and focus people, help them find things because it's, it can be impossible to know that there's some sort of hidden treasure there. And so creators really help shorten the distance between you and something amazing that you might be looking for because uh, it, it inspires trust. It, uh, it helps with when you get a recommendation from someone whose taste you trust or, or they inspire you to, to even look for something. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's just really powerful for customers. And I don't know about you when you shop, but it, you know, being able to know that there's something there that could be in inspiring, it brings you in and then it helps you continue your shopping journey through any sort of experience. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that is part of the, the physical shopping experience that can be very hard to like replicate with e-commerce, you know, the discovery and then incorporating like the fun of the hunt which is something I think is oftentimes lost in the e-com experience. And, and, and if e-commerce players that really get that experience right, you know, figure out kind of a way to translate that thrill of the hunt experience into their platforms um, are really going to be the ones that, that move ahead. So that is really cool to hear. And, you know, Stacey, I know Wish has recently had a, a rebrand since you uh, came onto the scene. Can you tell us a little bit about that rebrand and, and what effect it's had on the user experience? Yeah, I think um, our new brand and mission was really trying to, to capture where we are today and where we're headed as a company. It is highlighting a major period of transformation at Wish with improvements made to the customer experience in terms of Wish clips, a refreshed fashion experience, a refreshed homepage along with new logo and, and that mission statement. It's also focusing on the merchant experience as well and how we're improving that through standards that, we, that we've that we established with standards, an invite-only platform for merchant, um, and really thinking about how merchants help fund promotions on the site. That, that's really powerful. And then operationally, that transition for us as well to get faster time to door, new commission structure for merchants, and then now, uh, one of the latest things that's come out is our flat rate shipping program that really is helping manage shipping costs for customers. We wanted to mark all those changes with this rebrand, this new logo, font, the imagery and color palette, 
And then obviously wanted to talk about that really broadly with a lot of uh, a multi-channel campaign strategy in our key markets. So, so far, the feedback has been really great and customers seem to really enjoy it. I'm glad you brought up, you know, merchant standards because there have been instances I've seen where shoppers have, have purchased items from, you know, marketplace merchants that you know, maybe they thought they were buying one thing, but then it ends up they were just buying a, like a, a picture or a photograph or a very, very tiny version of that item. So, and, and you know, obviously experiences like that can kind of negatively impact customer retention and loyalty. So are part of those standards with the merchants, you know, working to ensure that shoppers are kind of hoodwinked by, by some of those e-com sellers? Yes, I think that's what the the point of that standard, the new wish standard system is, is that we look at and work with merchants to make sure that they're they're bringing products and and fulfilling that promise to customers. And obviously, we also have a a very clear uh, customer protection program there that we like to say we've got your back at Wish. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, any sort of marketplace should be making sure that they are taking care of the customers as part of the experience. It's an important relationship. People can bring their dollars anywhere. And so making sure merchants are are part of uh, the right kind of, 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 our, of our ecosystem, they both have to be in balance. We have to have great and interesting finds that people can get quickly and, and feel confident in and make it possible to find all those great things. So yes, that is, that is important. Those standards have been important to make sure that we're, we're able to deliver the products that people are looking for. And I think you you hear those stories also on a lot of platforms. Oh, where, for, sure. Uh, for sure. Where it's like this is this big, and that's. I mean, I think you you mentioned that that's one of the interesting challenges of of online shopping and not being able to touch mm-hmm. and feel is is how do you make sure you're getting what you're getting and mm-hmm. as a customer paying attention to those things. And that's where also sometimes our videos come into play. Is you're actually able to see the product, have people talk about the product. It's almost like a a demo that you can get online, uh, and so. that sort of thing is something we're Mm -hmm. focused on as well. Yeah, that's super smart. People like to be able to see like, you know, not just photos, but how how the product is engaged with and and utilized in real life. And it just helps create a stronger sense of of trust with the customer. And And that's definitely something that I don't think we are really seeing with you know, other marketplace vendors, at least not not very much having the products and the demo videos um, and gamification, which we know is taking off, uh, has taken off over the last few years in Asia and, and still hasn't really just starting to to kind of come to the Western world. So I'm always uh, excited to hear about new players who are who are getting into uh, gamified shopping. I did want to ask Stacy, you know, so what are some of the kind of, you know, key driving trends that you're really paying attention to this year? I, I think there are some interesting trends out there that that really lead to what does it mean to build amazing and engaging products. I think I started to talk about like how do you get recommendations? How do you mm-hmm. how do you understand what to look at, what to pay attention to? And I I mentioned briefly incorporating creators. I think that is something that's really powerful for product design. Um, past research that I've done at, at social shopping startup and other lo- other businesses that I've worked at, there it really is helping. There are three kinds of people that, that people look for recommendations from. Somebody who's seen as a true expert, 
people whose taste you trust. And I think influencers play really clearly into that space. And then people who know you. And mm-hmm. and like influencers blur that line between an expert and people whose taste you trust. But it is like helping you reduce the the vast catalog into a set that is something that you want to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, social media also plays a role in that people who know you and how do you how do you bring your network with you to help you choose. Um, overall, I think it is about in in product design for commerce, it is about. Um, making finding and choosing easier, reduce reducing that overall burden on having to be have your finger on the pulse so know exactly what's great right now. Um, and it's it's really interesting how many people are are into the influencer game, how it creates that 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 foundation for trust. I think is a really important piece of the puzzle. One of the other things that I think is interesting as a as a trend and something that's valuable for for commerce is really understanding personalization understanding how you can use data to develop that plan for serendipitous discovery of products. Knowing what to recommend is important. And again, ever-expanding catalogs for e-commerce companies. How do you help people find the thing that they will love but maybe didn't even know existed? So surfacing those right products, taking the at, to the right audience at the right time, through the right channel at the right price point, all of that takes really deeply understanding shopper patterns and behaviors and being able to serve against that. It really helps reduce that discovery gap, close that gap in in finding what's important. And so infusing more of that social media capability to help e-commerce answer questions like how we build a new shopping experience if we know more about who you are, who you care about, who you follow, all of those things can help us inform what we serve to you and how we make sure we we show you the things that are going to be either right while you're shopping, like on the journey you're on, or inspire you to come back and, and see more in the future. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the influencer trend is just so remarkable to me. Cause, you know, you mentioned how there's kind of different buckets of, of, of where people are either gaining inspiration from, you know, those who who have a style that they'd like to emulate or people that they know in their own uh, personal lives, you know, that trust of, you know, recommendations from your friends, from your peers, from people that you look up to. But influencers are, are so interesting to me because they share so much of their, of their lives with us, especially on, you know, platforms like TikTok, where they're not and they used to be, you know, maybe on Instagram where it was like, oh, like their style looks good. I'd like to emulate that. But now there's like an even deeper kind of connection with influencers where they're kind of sharing so much of their personal lives that it creates an even stronger sense of trust that like, you know, them on a personal level. So um, I, I think that's interesting. And I think we'll just mm-hmm. kind of continue to see that, uh, you know, rise in the coming years. But I did want to know with social media, would you say that's kind of um, where your main source of traffic is coming from? We do have partnerships with a lot of uh, influencers out there that create those shoppable videos. And, and mm-hmm. we have a, a, the ability to, um, to show those directly on our site. Shoppable videos are, I think, as you mentioned, like it, it, it has that influence to really show you and dimensionalize that product for you, mm-hmm. uh, making it feel more immediate and exciting. Like you said, you get to know them as people and you and you trust them. And that immediacy and excitement of not knowing what you'll see next is kind of like 
what social media does. Next time you come in, what else are you going to see? Whether it's cooking or styling, design, finance, all of those things, learning more skills. That's that's about that's what shoppable videos and engaging videos are about. Um, online pro- product recommendations are still happening, but in a different way. And so having people really show you what you're going to get or how to use that product makes you mm-hmm. feel more confident to buy it. And because the the of the the way that you can watch those videos on your phone, um, it really becomes part of your day to day. I'm I'm watching videos that uh, that tell me more about the things that I want to acquire. And there's just still a big opportunity in e-commerce to help people shop more effectively and save more time. But I think it, just being more crisp, uh, more direct via video, so you are both engaging and answering all the top consumer questions. Because that's mm-hmm. the other thing that you'll see on a lot of platforms is videos can answer and and tell you the story of that product, mm-hmm. um, helping helping save time in. Do I need to read all these descriptions? Do I need to know all of the attributes? It really makes people feel like they have everything they need to make that really smart shopping decision because they can see everything and are told the story of that product through the video. And I think that's where any of these platforms uh, making them shoppable and making them tell that great product story is really key. Yeah, super great points there. Personal experience, you know, in shopping, if you're going to buy a product or if you're going to, especially with apparel, I don't know how how much time I've spent, you know, looking at a product and being like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is perfect. And then having to go read reviews and then having to go find reviews that hopefully have, um, you know, user photos in it. And then you see, okay, well, that doesn't look anything like it. Or the color is way off or the cut is just not at all how it looks, you know, on the uh, the virtual model as it does like on a real life person. So having that video to really help shorten the time spent looking up products and making that journey to purchase uh, a little bit uh, shorter and a little less painful you know, I, to your point is, I think, a definite a great benefit of, of having these shoppable videos. And that, and it, it's, it's confidence inspiring, just as you said, like with fashion in particular, being able to watch somebody model. And I've seen a lot of interesting direct to consumer brands who are trying to also show the diversity of, of body sizes to be able to see that uh, product on any frame. But it's also demonstrating like the, the technical gear that we can sell. Um, how does it work? How does it fit together? Mm-hmm. How do you use it? Um, how it's impacted their life if it's looking at fitness products or something like that. How how does this really helping you in whatever your shopping job is that you're trying to to accomplish as part of your journey? Mm-hmm. Um, it does create that more, that shorter distance between you and the information you need mm-hmm. to feel to feel really confident that this is the product for you and and make the most of your money. Yeah, virtual showrooming, right? Like so many. D2C players, like that was a big challenge that they had was, you know, awareness around the brand, but then also people want to see things in real life. They want to engage with the product. They want to learn how it works before they commit to buy. So having these videos that are both engaging and um, condensed and, uh, you know, explain how to use the product, show how the product works in real life, looks in real life, I think is super valuable. And I think we'll continue to see uh, more of that in the coming years. Um, but I do want to switch gears a little bit here. So we've talked about the opportunities of 
of, uh, you know, video, shoppable video, influencers. But I, you know, wanted to know as, as somebody with quite an extensive history of hands-on industry knowledge, what do you see as kind of the biggest challenges facing the industry over the next uh, six to 12 months? Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges is is to remain relevant to your customers and and to be relevant today that really is tapping into the to the psyche of your audience and being cognizant of their needs and their worries and hopes and I think one of the th- top of mind topics is really for anybody working in retail or commerce is the macroeconomic environment that we are all experiencing right now and how that's impacting consumer confidence and and their ability to spend and and while it's not looking tremendously forward into the future we all know that that's that is there for us and uh you know value-based commerce is an essential part of making sure that people can get what they need in the face of tighter budgets which really kind of fits into that place because we are a a company that care that is value-based shopping and how you build those relationships with customers and thinking back to that shopping journey about creating the right awareness letting people know that they can that there is a there is a deal or a special that will bring them in and then being able to show uh, show those products to them and help them feel comf- confident that they're going to get the best price, I think, is is one of those things. And also in the past month, 12 months, we've been looking at ways to optimize all our customer incentive program, making sure we're showing consumers the right incentives for them and, and thinking about this, this new climate or this continuing climate, the macroeconomic environment. That is something we, we continue to want to, to serve. Um, rewarding customers also is part of that and knowing that we we need to respect the fact that they bring their business to us and how do we how do we honor that as well beyond the rewards though i think it's also understanding those motivations and goals and and even in a, a tougher economic climate people still want to buy things that make them feel good that that solve their problems also make sure they're replenishing things that are essentials and while incentives bring you in i think it is about Again, connecting to those important shopping goals that they're trying to accomplish, understanding their preferences, knowing what customers want and value, and really tailoring recommendations appropriate, showing people what what they're looking for, and finding ways that we facilitate that easy exploration, confident selection, feeling good about the purchase, and knowing that that we're there to support them. That's that's the ongoing challenge for any uh, commerce business is responding to that and helping people find what they're looking for. And it really is that balance between what entices and what engages and addressing that need for inspiration as well as back to those shopping needs. So that's that's kind of how I, I think about where we are and particularly responding to um, the budget concerns that people are going to have in the next, you know, six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. No pressure, right? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> All easy challenges to tackle, but sure, no um, problem. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, relevance. You know, I think that's relevance and resilience uh, during this time. You know, it's harder and harder these days for retailers and e-commerce players to not only gain relevance but then also remain relevant. And and as you mentioned, like also incentivizing, you know, returning. And we know that price isn't the most determining factor anymore of purchase. There's so many other things that go into it. So, uh, you know, to your point, just really finding the balance of all of these uh, different elements. So really great insights there, Stacey. And then, you know, in closing, 
I just want to know, you know, what's on the horizon for Wish? What what can we expect to see over the coming year? Well, I think in the past few months, we've already done a lot of work to improve the the customer and the merchant experience. And really in this next year, it's about optimizing what we've done to improve the experience further. I mentioned earlier, but I just want to bring it up again, The we've announced our flat rate shipping program, which was a huge milestone for the business. We're really focused on this idea of $2.99 shipping for all eligible orders over $10. Um, that is a, that's a huge benefit for customers. It's launched in the U.S., but we're on the way to rolling out to other markets in the coming months. We're really, we're really excited about this. And this builds on all the work we're doing on reducing the amount of time to get your parcels, which has already come down to 15 days in our key market. So that's something that's also really important for us. Our other big focus areas are, are continuing to um, think about fashion. As you mentioned, that's one of the biggest things that people buy online and need to know about and, and really building on our capabilities there. That's, that's, a, that's a focus for us. We talked about videos, shoppable videos and ways that we create that online showroom, as you said, ways that you can really understand the product you're going to buy. We're expanding our library and continue to use them to help customers get a feel for that product, particularly for, for fashion and for home goods. It gives you that what you miss from not being in a store of the touch and feel and really get a sense of what that product is. And then merchandising is an important piece of the puzzle. For holiday this year, we the month of November, every day was Black Friday. And so that worked really well for us uh, as part of holiday shopping and really planning on some similar kinds of events uh, and promotions in 2023. But Wish, Wish is a 12-year-old business. And while we are maturing our experiences, we also try to keep that, that young approach to that, that startups have that allows us to be innovative and agile and resilient. And you mentioned resilience. I think it is making sure that we're continuing to look at problems and challenges out there for customers and and solve those problems continue to evolve our experience as we're looking forward there's a lot of more, a lot more change to come for our business and we've got a great team here working on it so we're excited to see what else we can roll out this year yeah well it sounds like you guys have a lot on your plate but some really uh, fantastic initiatives that are already going out and especially the 2.99 flat rate shipping for anything over $10 like that's incredible like you can't get there without anywhere without a membership. That, that's awesome. Yeah, it is super exciting. And we're already hearing a lot of great feedback from customers about that. I bet. I bet. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I've learned a lot from you today, and, and I really appreciate your time with us. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Rethink Retail podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, apply at rethink.industries slash podcast guest. That's rethink.industries slash podcast guest. Follow us on Twitter at rethink underscore retail and show some love by subscribing, reviewing on iTunes podcast app. Until next time.